Today on The Breakdown, 100, 200, 400, those are the blinds in this cash game, and we're involving Garrett Edelstein and Jackie, and we're definitely going to get a little appearance from one of America's most famous and beloved actors, Tom Hanks, who's going to tell everyone to back the fuck off. (laughs) That's real. That happened, and he was angry. It's all related to this hand somehow, and Garrett, I don't it's going to be incredible. Wait till you see how we draw all the, the strings together. It's Pepe Silvia level conspiracy right here. And it's all going to happen right now in the breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> For a short opening, a lot happened there. It was a very short opening. A lot. That's the shortest opening. Of all time, perhaps? I would say in the last three years, at least, the shortest opening. Maybe so five years. Some people love that. Some people hate that. Yep. Some people are very disappointed in me. Yep. But come on. I, as you said, I packed it full of protein. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> right. So it's a superfood. It, I mean, it's basically a, a Blackberry. How did we let these fucks get this shit over on us with the superfood stuff, by the way? They, just made, up, they just made up a word. We're like, it's a superfood. And we're like, oh, that means I can, it's good. You should eat it. I yeah. mean, do you think you're not supposed to eat the superfoods? I don't understand what your point is. I, don't, I think you probably are supposed to eat a superfood. I think those are typically going to be healthy foods. Yeah. It's just a weird marketing word that, that occurred. They're fighting against Count Chocula, man. It's not easy, okay? They're trying to get you to eat like... Like a leaf, <laughs> and it's Count Chocula and Booberry. It's not, they got to do whatever they can, you know? You're, you, you are Mr. Cereal. You like cereal. Of course I like cereal. I'm not a moron. Wow. That hey, feels, hey. That feels rough. Back the fuck off, Grant. <laughs> so uh, people yeah. probably have no idea what you're talking about. No, they probably know, maybe. It's is been this, three weeks is this or so. Big right, news? I don't, it is right now, exactly on Twitter as I looked. Okay, like, so what happened was. It's, it's interesting that you have wrapped this into the opening and it's become the entire thing, this thing that probably <laughs> won't even be a thing. It might be a thing. Maybe he'll do more things. Maybe he's unhinged now. So what happened was, Grant, yeah. that um, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson were walking through some building somewhere and someone was videoing with their phone because that's what happens now. And uh, they were being a little bit like encroached upon by photographers and fans and things like that. And someone was sort of in front of Rita Wilson so she couldn't walk very quickly. And someone behind Rita Wilson sort of walked up into her and she half tripped like she didn't even like put a hand to the ground she didn't a knee didn't go to the ground but she sort of half tripped a little bit and tom hanks got a little bit intense grant he garrett adelstein the hell out of them he was like back the fuck off garrett adelstein would never do that no of course not yeah that's what i mean though that's my point so is garrett adelstein the new tom hanks he's the tom hanks of poker maybe these days the that Tom, is not entirely wrong, Interesting. Actually. Tom Hanks of poker. I found a connection. I can't believe I found <laughs> a real connection here. He is a nice guy. He seems, he, well, he appears to be a nice guy. He's I don't know him. very likable anytime he talks, I will say. Like, what, he is the classiest, friendliest guy in all situations, uh, on camera at least, right? I hear off camera too, but certainly on camera. And he, like, talks about his situation. He tweets about, like, when he's going through downswings or when he's losing and how hard it is and... I don't know. I, th- I think who's more likable than him these days in poker? I'm accepting nominations. Phil Galfond. Phil Galfond is not really in the public eye anymore and is a little bit, I he's think... for sure in the public eye. No, he's not. I mean, he doesn't play on live stream cash games, but he, you know, is... What does he do? He's prolific on poker Twitter. He tweets, yes, on poker Twitter. I guess that is true. I, Phil Galfond is also very likable and is a very good candidate for Tom Hanks of poker. No question about it. Um, anybody else? This Tom Hanks is not right because of the kind of unhinged nature, but Phil Locke is very likable. Definitely not the Tom Hanks of poker. Yeah. He's more of the... What about Antonio? No. The, Antonio's got a little too much uh, fuck you in him, I think, for it. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a little... He's too, a little spicy. He's a, like, little it's a little too bit, spicy. Yeah. For, for, to be the Tom Hanks only. Yeah. Not, I loved Antonio and don't want him to ever change. Let me be clear. This is not a critique. But if we're talking about the Tom Hanks of poker, you've got to be everyone to, everything to everyone, right? You yeah. have to be able to play Forrest Gump and the, the guy the from guy that from movie. Greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy from Castaway, right? You gotta be able to fall in, you gotta be able to basically have sex with a volleyball on screen and have everyone still love you like they're you're like you're their father. And you think Garrett Adelstein has <laughs> achieved that? <laughs> <laughs> well, Garrett Adelstein or Phil Galfond anyway. Yeah. yeah. One okay. of those two guys can can fuck a volleyball. On screen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, off screen, I, it's harder to say how people would feel about that. But on screen. Yeah, you, you go to town on that thing, and 
I'm still going to feel the same about you. Who is the Daniel Day-Lewis of poker? Um, okay, so the qualities of Daniel Day-Lewis, I would say, that we're referring to yeah. would be like most respected Most respected, best, yeah. and um, mercurial. Oh, that's good, the mercurial thing. Well, it's got to be Jake Schindler. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's got to be Adamo. Maybe, maybe Chidwick. No, maybe Chidwick. no, it's not Adamo. Adamo is still too flash of the pan to be Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis has been doing this since my left foot in like 19... 19- 88. Okay, so Come who's on. who's got that level of a resume, but also is Mercurial? Mercurial makes it tough, because the answer, I guess, would have been Phil Ivey in some ways. Like, it sort of fits. Like, yeah. he shows up, he goes away. He's kind of quiet. He doesn't really boast. Right. He doesn't really do anything besides play the pokers. He's not trying. Like, um, Negrano, even at his height, was trying hard to, like, engage the camera and yeah. be more of the... Phil Galfond of poker, if you will. <laughs> but, um, like, Phil Ivey was never doing that, which is more the Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. type way. Um, but I don't know if he's really mercurial. I mean, he got a little annoyed. So he gets a little annoyed at guys sometimes. Yeah. Like, he gets annoyed at Tom Dwan when he's like, I thought you said you got it, not I got right. it. And Dwan's like, no, I said I got it. He's like, now I'm angry at you for like an hour because <laughs> I misheard you. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But it's not a big deal. So it's not Ivy? Who else could it be? Doyle's a little too in, like, in front of the world. He, yeah. wrote, he wrote a book. He's too old, too, honestly, to be the Dale Day-Lewis. It, doesn't, it does. It matters, Grant. Because we, if we were picking, we'd pick a much older actor. He's the Morgan Freeman of poker. Morgan Freeman? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it can't be Robert De Niro because he's a joke now. you got to find an old guy who's still respected. There aren't many. Morgan Freeman had a Me Too. He's not respected. Robert De Niro makes ridiculous, hasn't made a good movie in like 25 I, years. I didn't argue a single thing about Robert De Niro. You were just trying to say that Mar- Morgan oh, Freeman I mean, was respected. Oh, okay, fair enough. I think he is respected. I didn't even know he had a Me Too or forgot. So, you know. Good for him. It's under the radar, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he did well. He did well with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if, who Doyle is. Now I have to look this up. Okay. Go ahead, keep talking. Go ahead. Who, who's Doyle? Uh, who's is Robert Duvall? Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, Doyle's Robert Duvall. Oh, you're right. He did have a Me Too moment. Okay. All right. That's not great. Oh, it's getting worse the more I read. <laughs> Eight different women accused him of sexual and verbal harassment. I take it all back. There you he go. He cannot be. He cannot get that. All right. Moving on. Moving on. I thought it was so good. I thought that was such a good one. Well, you were wrong. But Robert Duvall's pretty good. Also, because if there's a movie about Doyle Brunson, Robert Duvall should probably play him. That is true. I mean, he actually sort of did already in um, Lucky You. Not exactly, but yeah. he played a little, some sort of a version of that. Not exactly, but you know, the old man, the old grand man of poker, sort of. That's more that. fun. That's a more fun than trying to figure out which poker player equates to which actor from an emotional level. It's more fun to figure out which actor should play a poker player oh, in yeah. a movie. That's cool. Yeah. So, like, is there a better actor than Robert Duvall to play Doyle Brunson? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just because of all the transformations he's gone through. I mean, I can think of one guy who you would love. Who? Nick Nolte. Uh-oh. No, Nick Nolte's a little too down on his luck type. Just because he can play down on his luck yeah. doesn't mean he can't play anything else. I just, I, I'm not. You're just, you're just picturing him in Warrior only. Yeah. I mean, he's often playing a down on his luck guy. Yeah, he's good at it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just he's not. He's got seeing, that grizzled Doyle nature going. I'm not though. seeing it as much as Duval. I'm not. I'm just not, not quite I mean, seeing you're it. Ridiculous. Let me think if there's anybody else. I got somebody who okay. is not age appropriate, but has done oh. transformations in the past with like uh, prosthetics and stuff. Gary Oldman. I can see him pulling it off. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. You know, actually, I got someone also not age appropriate. Yeah. But again, if you use CGI or, or prosthetics or whatever, the kid from Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking the game seriously. <laughs> I did a little bit, but then I, I felt attacked and, I, and now I'm just trying to derail it. We can stop the game. You want to stop no, the game? No, I'm having a great oh, time. Oh, really? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's do one or two more. Actually, it is fun. Um, who right, would name, play? Name, name oh, here's a, okay. You got what? Well, go ahead. You, you name the player on. Yeah, yeah. We'll do, yeah. Okay, Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. No, no, but but it can't be Jennifer Tilly. It's it can't be, be Jennifer. Tilly? No, she can't play herself. Because then Patrick Antonius could play himself too. Come on. Um. Okay. Who is? It's the woman from the forty-year-old virgin. Who's the grandma in the forty-year-old virgin? Who's the grandma? She's she's one that dates oh, Steve oh, Carell. Oh, I'm oh, um, Catherine Keener. Yeah, her. That's really good, actually. I like that. She's got the voice. She'd have to work on her voice, but okay. Yeah. She, could, she could probably pull that off pretty well. She was also in Get Out, by the way, as the, uh, oh, yeah. as the mom. You got, you got an answer? Um, no, I wasn't even thinking. I was just trying to think. I was, no. She's no also in The Adam Project. You love that movie. No, it's How many a, times have you seen The Adam Project? Once. Honestly. No, no, come on. Not, why, just, why do you do this stuff? Tell the people the truth, maybe. 
oh, why do I why do I shine the spotlight on your actual habits instead of who you are to the world? You're PRing I everyone. I just don't understand. <laughs> Do we even ever talk about the Adam Project before? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like I saw it once. I thought it was slightly better than I expected, oh. but not great. Oh, so you liked it. <laughs> it was an enjoyable movie. You're a big Ryan Reynolds fan? Sometimes he's good. He's always the same. What do you mean sometimes he's good? How is he different in any role? He's all, some the roles same are more exactly. Some roles are apt for him uh, and some are not. Was this role apt? Yeah, it was pretty good. So you liked it. <laughs> what is your problem? <laughs> is it so bad for me to say you liked a movie? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know what you're you trying. You said it was pretty good. You're, you're, I said you liked it and now you're angry. Think you're about that. Think about that. This is, this is a great <laughs> lesson in what <laughs> gaslighting is. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Let's just do this. Piece by piece here, all right? We're going to get real deep down. I don't want to. I want to keep doing the actor game. It's more fun. <laughs> okay, fine. We can go back to the actor game. That's good. But let's do a reverse one real quick just because uh, you brought him up. Okay. Who does Ryan Reynolds play? Oh, okay. Um, that's a fun question. Phil Locke. Oh, that's really good. That's yeah. a great answer. That's a great answer. Thank you. Yeah. I, there's no way to improve that. That's the answer. Um, all right. Who's Patrick Antonius? That is a good question because he's Ooh. handsome. Brad Pitt? That's the only answer. I immediately thought of Brad Pitt, too. Yeah. Right? You say handsome. We think of Brad Pitt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. One more. One more. Who's interesting? All right. Fine. Tom Dewan. You got me. Oh, no. Or Phil Helmuth. No, let's do Phil Helmuth. Who plays Phil Helmuth? That's a good one. In the movie. Not the Phil Helmuth movie, because there will never be a Phil Helmuth movie. No, Phil. Yeah. But he'll be a side character who dies or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who plays Phil Helmuth? Okay. Um... Oh, it's too bad Gilbert Gottfried's dead. <laughs> Perfect casting. <laughs> Perfect casting, yeah. Uh, let's see. Who plays Phil Helmuth? That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, I, this is a really... This came to me, and it's kind of strange. I could see Nathan Fillion doing it. Oh, that's actually pretty good. He's got sort of like the right face for it, like yeah. facial shape and stuff like that. The funny thing is, I'm sure Phil Helmuth is sitting here listening to this clip, which we've now put on Twitter as just clip, clipping this because this might go viral. <laughs> it's, it's the kind of thing that people might like. Um, and he's thinking, the actor is so obvious. It's George Clooney a million times. Clooney, <laughs> of right? course he's thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not. No. I'm just here to tell you, Phil, it's really not George it's Clooney. It's not George no, Clooney. Nathan Fillion's pretty good. That is pretty, pretty good. You got one? Justin Roiland? I, have, I don't know what he looks like. Um, you know, he'd have to, like, dye his hair or something like that. But he's, got a, he's a little jowly. What does he look like? He's a little jowly. What's he in? What's he? He's, well, he's just the voice of yeah, all the morning stuff. He's not in anything. So you're just choosing him? I've seen him. Okay. I've seen him in the interviews and stuff. He's not an actor, though. He acts with his voice. So it's just a, a weird Is choice. Is this hard? Is it hard to pretend to play poker? I don't understand. It's just a weird choice. I yeah. don't know. I was trying to think of someone yeah. who would do weird stuff because feels so whiny. He is quite whiny. <laughs> Hashtag feels so whiny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone else? Uh, one, one more I got. Oh, okay. Zygmunt. Who plays Zygmunt? Ooh. Interesting. I got a. I got. An oh, answer. I have one. I've okay, got. A, I've go. got a pretty good one. Fastbender. Fastbender is all right. Oh, he's a little man. too good looking to play Zygmunt. I'm not saying Zygmunt's ugly. Everyone is always better looking in movies than they That's are in true. real life. But I'm kind Did of. You see the Elizabeth Holmes show? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on. I know. Go I ahead. know. I know. All right. That's fair. That's yeah. a fair point. I'm trying with this. I'm trying to capture kind of the impish nature that Zygmunt oh, has. In I have another like, good one. Slightly, you. slightly like something's a little bit like. I have an answer, but you go first. Ben Foster. Jared Leto. Ooh, but he can play anybody. But he could play this guy yeah. <laughs> really well, and he would love it. He yeah. would love play. But you're right. He would also play Phil Helmuth. He'd be like, no, I got this. Yeah. I got this. And then he'd put on a really weird Phil Helmuth And he would voice. be a great Phil Helmuth. I hope. I hope. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I think we've done it. What do you think about Ben Foster for Zygmunt? I was curious. Uh, I, I think it's... I don't really see it. Ben Foster feels a little too American mm-hmm. for me, you know? Yeah. Um, he's a fabulous actor. I love that guy. Um, I just feel like he's... I, I think he plays Phil Locke better than he plays Zygmunt, actually. I could see huh. him pulling that off. Even though I know it's a little bit of a stretch, I could still see it. Yeah. Okay, fine. Sorry. I want to play this game forever. I don't know. It's, it's pretty fun. fun. Well, feel free to hit. Go ahead. What else you got? Well, who's a really good player to talk about who should play them? Helmuth was a great one. Maria Ho. Maria Ho? <laughs> oh, actually, I, mean, I have a perfect answer for Maria Ho, I just realized. Who? Um, I don't know her name, but the woman from The Boys, who plays Kamiko in The Boys. She, ah. she is... Exactly the TV version of Maria Ho. Now that I think, like, I mean, I know Maria Ho is on TV, but like the movie version of Maria Ho. Okay, you know, I, I don't. Is that not thing. season one? Because I don't think I've seen past. She's season in one. all. She's in all the seasons. 
for some the, reason. It's the Asian woman. I, I figured. Part of the boys. I figured she was Asian. <laughs> the I only just don't, female in the boys. I just don't remember. All right, it's fine. Yeah, she was also in us the original Suicide Squad, which I'm sure you didn't see as no. Katana, who had a sword. Who, who, when she killed you, your soul was stored there for thousands of years, and then they never brought it up again, and it never mattered in the movie. But they made sure to tell you that. That's good to know, though, in case you don't want to get stabbed by a sword. Like yeah. you're like, should I get hit by a katana today or not? Yeah. And if you if you know that your soul will be stored in the sword, then you'll be more apt to avoid it. Her first name is Karen. It's Karen. I don't want to get her last it name. It doesn't wrong. matter. Fuka something. Anyway, all right. Um, anyone else? Anyone, anyone else to play the game about? Who else? I mean, we didn't do Phil Galfond. Phil Galfond. That's a good one. Mm. Who could play Phil Galfond? I Will mean... Wheaton. <laughs> Why did you say his name like that? Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jesse Eisenberg? No, too nerdy. Eisenberg's too nerdy or yeah. Galfond's too no, nerdy? No, Eisenberg's too <laughs> They're nerdy. They're both pretty nerdy. They are, but like Eisenberg's like the... Like Phil Galfond, I feel like, has his head on his shoulders in a way and is like calm and collected, you know? And yeah. Eisenberg plays the kind of frenetic... He does. There's thing. an energy issue there. Yeah. You're right about that. You're right about that. Um, I actually thought of a pretty good Tom Dwan, Andrew Garfield. Could Eisenberg could play, play Ike Haxton. Even that, he's a little too grounded. Maybe. Haxton is. Did you, did you hear my Andrew Garfield for Tom Dwan? Uh, I like that. I could see that. I like that. Andrew Garfield would chew the hell out of that scenery. <laughs> he would chew the hell out of that <laughs> scenery? Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. I think we now should move on. I think Except that we didn't, we didn't figure out Gelfond. We have to figure oh, out Gelfond, okay. then we can move on. And then on. we're done? Yeah. Um, John Krasinski. It's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. He's got the calm thing going. He's, That's yeah. It. I never really believe John Krasinski is anything except Jim. I only ever see Jim when he talks, man. I saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This is not a spoiler for you, and if anyone hasn't seen it by now, it's your problem. He, um, he plays a character yeah. in the Marvel Universe that everyone's been hoping he plays, and uh, it's not believable. It doesn't work in any way. He's just Jim wearing a costume. It's really off. It's pretty bad. Huh. So, yeah. But still, I'm going to go with him <laughs> for Phil. Uh, anyone else you got for him? I I don't know the actor's name, and I know he's only been in a couple things. We actually talked about this on a podcast that's... I, I suppose this podcast is coming out next week or later this yeah. week. The actor who plays the bad guy in the movie Kimmy. He's like the business uh, guy. I can't picture who he's, that is he, he opens the movie doing an interview and like it's revealed yeah. that he's like in his... I don't know who it yeah. is. Um, I thought of some more, though, uh, since we were talking. Okay, all right, all right. but we'll, um, we'll be done soon, though. Yeah, very soon, very yeah. soon. Okay, Rain Wilson to play Phil Helmuth. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. There's another good one. Seth Rogen to play Tony G. Seth Rogen to play Tony G. You'd obviously G. have to work on the accent, but come on. I'm kind of seeing it. I can see both of those really well. I think we can do a movie just with those two guys that Phil, and I, I guess Phil just got upgraded. He's still going to die midway through, but he just got upgraded <laughs> to a lead role. Because the Phil and Tony G movie, I want to see and with those two actors. Hmm. I'm in. Lock it up. By the way, another good Tom Dwan is uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that's a pretty good Tom Dwan. Okay. I think we've really exhausted this now. I think we have. Okay. I think we have. Great. You know who would have played Dom, Tom Dwan if he didn't die in a tragic accident? The kid who played the Russian kid on oh, Star Trek. Oh, yeah. But I don't he, know if he would have, but that he could have. Yeah. I forgot his name. He's... Oh. Yeah, that was too bad. That really sucked. He got crushed by a car, his own car. Yeah. Because he didn't put the parking brake on. Yeah. How absurd is that? It's what a awful. crazy way to die. It's awful. And they found him. They were like, oh, he's not at rehearsal. Where is he? He's an hour late. Let's go to his home and try and find him. And they just found him. They're crushed by his car. It's, a, it's fucking awful. It's, oh. hor it's horrible. Let's not talk about that anymore. Jeez. That's making me depressed. All right. Hey. You okay. know what's not depressing is wow. our Discord, and you know, <laughs> great, great. I don't yeah. know if that for the first time in a long time. I don't know if that segue worked. You know, it did. Don't worry. Okay, good. Uh, trust me, it's perfect. Um, but I, I bring it up because like stuff like that actor game that was pretty fun. I enjoyed doing yeah, that. That was fun. Uh, if you want to chime in, chime in on our Discord. Shoot the shit or in movies TV. I guess would be a good place to do it. I mean, tell us who you think would be better than the, our choices. We just cast the whole poker world. Or, or cast whoever you want, right? Like, yeah. choose poker players and cast them, and, and it'll be fun. Um, there's a link in the description to our Discord. We didn't even do Daniel Negreanu, so, like, that's one's just hanging out there for you guys. That's a nice spicy meatball. Yeah, we're not even going to start with that. We'll let you guys start that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so join the Discord. That's where this hand was suggested by Casper. So you can suggest hands there. Of course, you can talk poker there, and you can have fun discussions like we had. Yep. There. So great. It's a great place to be. It always is. Um, all right. We're going to have solver work done on this. We have not yet seen the solver work. 
we will take a look at that at the end and report back what the solver had to say about this. This hand is uh, it's whack. I'm gonna tell you. I'm tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what this hand is whack. All right, we're doing hot rod jokes. Like Will Wheaton. There it is. You know you're doing hot rod jokes, right? I did not know that. Oh yeah, there's a whole bit in Hot Rod where Andy Samberg says why, and they're like, why are you saying that? And he says, what do you mean? Why oh. I'm saying? And he does that for a solid minute, and it's pretty funny the whole time. And now you're doing it. I didn't realize like that. Six years later. Way more than six years. Eight years later. Isla Fisher's in that movie. So is uh, Danny McBride. It's a cool movie. It's man. just, it's just, your mouth is just a spout for whatever crosses the front of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a crush on Isla Fisher for so long. <laughs> She's the one from Wedding Crashers, right? Uh, yeah, she is. Yeah. The crazy one. Yeah. From Wedding Cr- or Vince Vaughn is like, I dig you because you're nuts. Yeah. yeah, that one. Okay. Good. So, Isla Fisher, if you're listening, yeah, Jonathan I'm, Levy's I'm got a crush on you. <laughs> She, I think she's actually uh, with like. Isn't she related to Ron Howard? She, no, I think she's married to Sasha Baron Cohen. She's not related to Ron Howard. I don't think she's she's in the fourth season of Arrested Development. Maybe that's what you're thinking. No. Okay. Anyway, either way, she, I think she's married to Sasha Baron Cohen. So yeah, he, she, he's probably he's probably better than you. So. <laughs> <laughs> he is, I think, in almost every way better yeah. than me. Uh, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's a very impressive he's human. He's very talented. He's a very impressive human, so don't feel bad about it. I really don't. No, 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 he's allowed. He's yeah. allowed to win that one. Okay, good. Good for him. <laughs> Not I mean, I wasn't even trying. He though, gets so he gets Isla, you get something to, else. To be the poker guy. <laughs> <laughs> good enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, Casper suggested this on Discord, suggest hands there or okay. on Twitter. Twitter's fine too. We are the poker guys on Twitter. All right, it's a $100-$200 cash game. There's a $400 straddle on. We believe there's a $200 big blind ante as well. Yes. We think there's two limpers. It's not entirely clear. It's a live at the bike thing, and we didn't really see the whole thing. It's a clipped out. It's not that we didn't try. We yeah, tried a We lot. tried very hard. But based on the math of the pot size, we believe there are two limpers. Yeah, it's almost certain. Okay, then, then there's a player named Jackie, yep. who I don't think I've seen before. He's and a it, bit of a rag, though. Yeah. He is. He's he, not like a good rag, though. So that's why we never see him. Yeah, he's, I think he's just a rich guy. He's never, ever in hands that are suggested. Almost. He was in the hand with um, Andy where he made, like, quad nines, and Andy made, like, top boat with queen ten, and he, like, check-raised all in. I think we even did that That sounds hand. familiar. We did that, that hand, like, familiar. three years ago or something. Okay. That's Jackie. All right. So Jackie, who we think is just, like, a rich guy who gets invited to these games, probably. Sure. Um, he has 253000 I mean, I guess he's got money. That's a lot of chips. Yeah. 253000 Opens to 1200 So over two limpers, he makes it 1200 we believe. That seems like a huge mistake if, if indeed there are two limpers. Based on the pot size at the end of the, once the flop is about to come out, it seems like there has to be two limpers. Yeah. But it's weird to make it 1,200. So well, let's, not, let's not get caught up in it. Right. Though, he has queen, queen of spades, nine of diamonds. Maybe it was a reporting problem by maybe. a lot of the bike in terms of the pot size, too. So let's just assume it's fine. If there aren't two limpers, it's a lot better to open to 1,200 with queen of spades, nine of diamonds on the button. Yeah, sure. If, you're, if there are two limpers, you probably shouldn't even open it. Yeah. If you're going to open it, you've got to open bigger than 1,200. Right. These okay. are all obvious things. Yeah. Garrett Adelstein. I wonder if he's going to take an aggressive action. It's Garrett freaking Adelstein. He's in the small blind. You know what else? He always has more money than anyone else in front of him, always in these games. Almost always, yeah. Unless Andy's in the game, and then it's a 50-50. It's a yeah. little bit of a coin flip. He's got a little more than Jack. He's got 315,000. There you go. He's in the small blind. So he's put in 100, and he has King Jack of Spades. Yep. What is your preferred action? If there are two limpers, I'm a little more interested in raising. Yeah. Actually, and if, even if there aren't, I'm actually pretty interested in raising this hand when the button opens. It's a three-bet. I'm, I'm pretty interested in three-betting, especially when we're this deep, too. Does, yeah, the, does the depth of, so the depth of the stack makes you want a three-bet more, not less? I want a three-bet either way okay. when the button's opening with this hand uh, most of the time. Is there a tournament stack depth that you prefer a call? That's a great question. I, okay, I think if we're super deep, actually, I'm more interested in calling. Even though I know I just said that thing yeah. about we're deep, but I think about it more. Um, like if we're like 400 blinds deep and the button opens, yeah. like basically when, when the chips don't matter so much, I'm more sure I don't need to re-steal. Like who cares anyway, right? Because like, this is a tournament, right? So like We're a tournament and we're 500 blinds deep or yeah. 250 blinds deep and I have to put in three blinds or I could steal like a five-blind pot. Why do I want to steal a five-blind pot? I'm playing this hand to win a big pot, right? Yeah. That's what I'm looking for in the early stages. So I would probably be more at, more interested in calling this hand from the small blind than three betting. But that doesn't hold true in a cash game because the chips are always worth the same amount in a yes. cash game. Yes, yes. Uh, also, I think people are even more apt in a cash game, are much more apt in a cash game to open the button wide than early in a tournament yeah. on the button when it falls to them because who cares, right? right. The chips aren't worth anything. Especially anyway. with the big blind ante in there in, right. the, in the cash game. Right. Um, and so, the straddle. Yeah. And the straddle in this one. And the straddle. Would you ever flat? 
Yeah, I think you could flat sometimes, but mostly I want a three bet. Yeah. It plays okay multi-way, so if you're going to get called by the other two limpers a lot of the time, that's okay too. It just sucked, though, to be out of position, man. It just sucks. What and if like, it were Jack-10 of spades? Um, you know, I would say, I guess this is my thought. Like, I'm going another level deep here, because I remember I, I went on a rant like six months ago about how no one ever folds with three bets anymore in cash games. Yeah. And I think that's still almost always true. We're going to prove it. Right yes. here today on the breakdown. So if this is true, we should just be depolarizing our range with our three bets, right? We should be three betting not for bluffs, just for value. So that we could three bet against Jackie's range here for value, assuming we're going to get called a lot and know that it's okay because King, King Jack of Spades is way ahead of Jackie's range. Jack 10 of Spades probably isn't or Jack 10 suited, so I'd be more interested in calling then. If I think I can't get a fold anyway, why would I three bet? Like, I understand, yes, I can win the pot post flop more of the time, but I'm putting a lot more money in. I'm out of position why do that with a bad hand when I can just put in 1200 So I guess what I'm saying is I'm going to play this pretty obviously. I'm going to call with the Jack-10. I'm going to three-bet the King-Jack because if Jackie's going to call with his entire range, King-Jack's doing pretty good against that. Jack-10 isn't. Okay, fair enough. Now, all these principles hold true when you're super deep like this, but yeah. uh, for those who are trying to apply this to their cash games that they play in, right. keep in mind stacked up. Like, uh, so this is something that I have encountered because uh, inside baseball, you know, for the... Two and a half years of the pandemic, part of it I had a kid, but I, I uh, so that was part of the reason I wasn't playing any live poker. And I finally decided I'm going to go back and play live poker. So yeah. I, I've played uh, three times now and I've played cash games. And I found myself, you know, missing some of my live poker muscles and I'm needing to re-energize those. And one of the things that I missed in one spot was like not paying enough attention to how deep people were. Because in, with the assumption like, oh, I bought in for 200 blinds. Everybody's got 200 blinds because like most people at the table have 200 or more blinds, right? Um, and I ended up like raising in a spot where a dude had a clear limp shove stack and he was going for that with, with like a speculative hand. Yeah. And I, I had exactly the right price where I could fold and I did with a bad hand. But like in your games that you're playing, if you're listening to this podcast, most of the time there's going to be some shorter players than in this live at the bike game where they're everybody's yes. super, super deep. So all these principles only hold true if the stack depth is the same as that we're talking about in most cases. Yeah, I mean, when the button opens, you can often attack from the small blind if you're depolarizing range with, with these kinds of hands almost no matter what. Right? Yeah, but if, if but, the button's 50 blinds deep, you, they, like in a cash game especially, people are often just going to shove it. Yeah, and, you know. that's true. So you have to be aware of that. And then, then you're usually only going to three-bet hands you can go with, right? Because yeah. like, what's the point? Like, right. Yeah. And you might decide you're going with this hand. That depends on what you think about the button. But usually you wouldn't. Yeah. Like, this would be more of a call right. in that spot. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, Garrett's going to three-bet the King Jack of Spades to 6,000 over okay. 1,200. It's a big, a big three-bet. He's maybe hoping to actually generate a little fold equity here, even though nobody folds. Um, well, if there are two limpers, those guys are going to fold a lot. Yeah. Although sometimes we see they don't, but often they're going to fold. I mean, I'm, what I'm saying is generate fold equity against Jackie, of course. I would think this sizing, based on what we know about these players and also what I know about this hand in particular, probably isn't going to get it done. Do you think there's a sizing that would be worth going to no. in order to generate fold equity? I don't. I okay. don't, which is why I think we go back to depolarizing our range, not bluffing here, just taking more good hands and three-betting for value. I, I suppose that might be what Garrett is doing with yeah. this type of hand. So he makes it 6K. The limpers fold. Jackie calls with queen nine off. I mean, it's a terrible call. It it's, just is. It's just, there's, no, there's no way around that. That's a bad That's a There's bad a play. million more hands. You have you position, but, you know, like... You're against Garrett Adelstein, and you have Queen Nine off. <laughs> this is not good. Like we just have so many better hands here that we can we can call with. Yeah. Like how about Queen Jack off? That's how, a way better hand. How about Queen know? Nine suited? Yep. Queen Nine off is just trashy and ridiculous to call with. Yep. That's that. But Jackie does it. Okay. You that's make... fine. But this is what they do. This is this is now cash typical cash game behavior. We have to adjust for it. Like this is what they're going to do. That's fine. Have you observed that in your playing of cash games like at the lower stakes, you know, one, two, five, five type yes. games? Yeah, I would say almost always people call three bets now, unless they are really, really, really shockingly big three bets. Have you seen, I mean, I know you've only played three times, but I'm yeah. curious to see if you've seen that too. But I feel like the, the amount of times that like a three bet just gets through is that isn't wildly large um, is something like 15%. Yeah, I think I've, I've observed the same thing. Yeah, so like I just don't try anymore. Like to bluff that, I I did actually I say that, and now I'm thinking the last time I three bet was when I was playing the other day, and uh, the button opened, and I had ace five suited in the small blind, and I did three bet. I did get called, but I was like, this is just, it was against a good player too. I know they're wide there, and I got to win the hand post flop, you know. Um, 
But so I did. So I did that once against that player. But there are a lot of players I would probably just call there against. But yeah, I mean, against guy, a I'm good player, like, you have to have bluffs there. Right. Exactly. Like I need I need to be more balanced against yeah. him. And and I think he probably even has more folds. Like he knows he isn't just auto calling that. Right. Although he did call, but I don't know what he had. So he probably had a reason. I mean, he's probably him. folding queen nine off. Be my I guess. would think so. Yeah, I would think so. Anyway, if you're calling him a good player, I hope. Anyway, Jackie does call. We're going to go to a, a flop with a $13,600 pot. But you know what else is cool? Um, school. School is cool, and all of you children who are listening should stay in school and do your math homework. That's right. And also, children, sign up for Nitro Betting. I'm kidding. I'm not actually talking to children. I'm talking to adults. Be an adult. Sign up for Nitro Betting. <laughs> if, you are a hap- if you're a child and you happen to be listening to this, I mean, you know, whatever happens in your home, you stay in your home, no one would know. <laughs> this is for adults. It's Nitro Betting. Okay, okay, it's for adults. It's a gambling website yeah. for adults. Um, but it's a good gambling website for adults, and that's why we're advertising it. Well, it's because they pay us, but also we like them. They, they, yeah. They do a good job. Uh, they have the Poker Guys monthly tournament. Use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up, or you won't even get access to that monthly tournament. So come on. So use the link, you fools. I mean... One they time. have sports betting. They have casino games. Um, they have a nice new website, which is Nitro Betting. It used to be Nitrogen Sports. It does mean you have to re-sign up. It's an entirely new website. But that's fine because it's a new, pretty website. It's worth it. And they got all new, new products in the sports betting world and stuff like that. It also takes about 35 seconds to sign up. It's yep. Username, password, you're done. You're done. So it's easy. On. Join on up, and you'll get to play in the Poker Guys Monthly Tournament, which is always a great time. It's a rollicking, fun time in a field in Scotland, basically. Essentially, it's the that. equivalent of that. Yeah, Sean Connery's there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's alive. His body. <laughs> he's, oh. he's, he's alive, alive in this scenario. Oh, Nitro Bunning is so good it brought him back. <laughs> they. Oh, so he's not a zombie though. He's alive because that's different. It depends. I mean, we can get into the semantics yeah. of the definition of alive. You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm, his arms move. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. So wait, is this like a weekend at Bernie's type situation, or is this I like can't, a... I can't comment on the proprietary technology okay. used by Nitro Betting. Fair enough. To reanimate Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere out there, there's a Sean Connery fan that is not loving this moment. But uh, I mean, you know, if you can't joke about stuff... Sean like, Connery being reanimated yeah. by, by a series of yeah. pulleys and strings. I mean, if you can't have fun in life, what's the point? I mean, I'm with you, man. Yeah. I'm with you. If you're offended by that, this podcast is probably not going to stay on your phone for that long because something else oh, is going to get you. <laughs> maybe not, though. Hey, we sometimes apologize. Very recently, we apologized to the administration of the Claxton Society. I think that example. actually comes out in the future. Oh, but. well, that's going to happen. We already recorded it. And uh, it's a very heartfelt apology. Sure it is. I, wow. You don't think I... That is incredible. That's another... That's You know what? We can't do inside jokes... About something that's going to happen, <laughs> they really have the audience has no chance. Let's just get back. That's to- that's what's special about this show. <laughs> There's no walls. There's no borders. <laughs> that's what's wow. that's what's important. If you keep listening to the sh- to the podcasts, eventually, and you remember this bit right here, which in your whole life you'll remember this bit, and then it'll pay off a little. Uh, congratulations to you, just a tiny to the bit. true <laughs> true listeners. You'd be like, oh. Yeah, I, I get that other thing. I do saying. genuinely mean what I said, even though it is kind of in jest, though, that like yeah. if that Sean Connery bit did offend you, you're probably not going to oh. last too long with this podcast, would be my guess. Probably not. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe I don't like horror films, but sometimes I watch them. Perfect <laughs> analogy. Back yeah. to the hand. Okay, okay. $13,600 in the pot. Garrett has King Jack of Spades. Jackie has Queen of Spades, Nine of Diamonds. Yes. The flop is Deuce of Spades, Deuce of Diamonds, Jack of Diamonds. Sure. Miracle flop for King Jack, really out of position. It yeah. feels feels amazing. Yeah. Right? So Garrett's going to bet it. I'm assuming he's betting his entire range on this board in this scenario. Uh, I would think he probably is. This is a really good board to continue on. Yeah. Right? And he's probably down betting his entire range to 4K, which is what he bets. Yeah. I'm sure that's true. I don't know if we really need to discuss this too much, right? This is nope, pretty, pretty clear and obvious. Straightforward. All right. This is just a, a fold for Jackie, right? Yep. He's got the nine of diamonds, and there's two diamonds on board, but come on. And a backdoor straight drop. We have two... Lame ass back doors. I mean, yeah. sure, the straight drop. The board's already paired. What? Are, why would we continue? We Jackie calls. Yeah, obviously. So, I mean, you already laid out the case for not doing it. I mean, like, even if you get there, there are times when you're coolered because the board's paired. This is why you depolarize your range against these types of opponents because look at all the money Jackie's putting in. Nearly dead. Jackie's got three outs. Garrett has redraws. Even um, like. What the fuck, man? I mean, this is like awful, right? So you want to 
like give yourself opportunities to win big pots against these types of players. And this is this is one of the ways to do it. Now, I think a lot of the audience, maybe not a lot, some of the audience might be a little. I don't know if confused is the right word, yeah. but like um, questioning of, of the theory behind all of the stuff that we're talking about here, because sure. we often talk about how two back doors is a great hand to float with on the flop, right? And, and yes. by name, Jackie's hand has two back doors, right? Correct. Yeah. So like, but so why is this scenario different than other scenarios that we talk about? Why why can't we float with two back doors here? Why do the poker guys chastise us for floating with two back great. doors here when they often talk about floating with two back doors? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, I would say one of the reasons is that our diamond backdoor is incredibly weak, right? Yes. It isn't the ace of diamonds. Right. That would really change it, right? Because we can go diamond, diamond, and absolutely lose and be in spots where we kind of have to put the call in, you know? Like, it's just horrible. Like, yeah. we sort of get negative free rolled on that when the fourth diamond finally arrives it kind most of, of the time. It's kind of a valueless backdoor. Yeah. Um, okay, the queen nine has some value, but again, the board is paired, and as you mentioned, Gary can already have jacks, Gear can have some of the other cards that we would need to make our straight, like a 10. If mm-hmm. he has two 10s in his hand and his value betting here, and then a 10 comes to turn us open-ended, we are now drawing dead. Like, we're just not... We're, by the way, often as well, the queen, while sometimes good, often isn't good if we hit it. Gary can have overpairs. Gary can have better queens in his hand. So we don't even know what we're trying to hit here. Like, a 10 of diamonds in theory is good, but it isn't really... There's not a whole lot going on here. You need, you just need more hope than this. Yep. And I want to illustrate how thin the margins are here. Cool. And ask the question: What if Jackie had Queen Nine of Spades? Would you like to float then? Um, it's one spade. Yep. It's a lot better. I yes. think it's a mandatory call. Um, because we're going to see a lot of checks on the turn. Yeah, because we're in position. Well, that's that's true with his current hand also. The things that you just said. Right. No, I understand that. But I'm saying you need. You also need to be in position. I think to make even Queen Nine of Spades. Right. Okay. <clears throat> what I'm trying to get from you, yeah. and I'm failing to do so. Yes, you are. Is to illustrate why Queen Nine of Spades is a call. I mean, Queen Nine of Spades is so much better because you got two spades instead of one diamond, right? Because right? that way it comes spade, spade. You're almost always good if you hit. Yep. It, right now, you could be dead to a full house, but you're not almost ever losing to better spades. Yeah. Of course, it's possible, but like it comes diamond, diamond. You can't extract any more value if you're ahead. It's also it's a lot harder to get value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you have to pay off the value. If it comes spade, spade, you're almost always ahead. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's harder to put you on that hand anyway because it came back door. So you get a chance to extract more value. Yeah. So if you had to pick, of course you'd take queen nine of spades here. And yes, we can consider calling that, especially with the down back. I think it's a mandatory call. Do you disagree? No, I would call. Okay. So I think I just, wanted, up, I would call. I just wanted to illustrate that because, you know, we say things very strongly on this podcast yeah. because our opinions are, are held deeply and they come from years and years of experience and, and theoretical understanding. And a lot of the listeners may be newer to poker or less experienced to poker and, and confused by the notion that I, this hand, which by technicality is very similar to Queen Nine of Spades, right? right? Is, is like a clear fold to us and Queen Nine of Spades is a call. I mean, we would have folded, we would have opened this hand on the button like Jackie did, although not, there a, were not, limpers, with two not, not with two limpers. Assuming there were no limpers, though, we would have opened it yeah. to 1200 or something like that. Um, we would have folded this hand, we would have called the Queen Nine of Spades, though. Yeah. And we would fold this hand on the flop and we would call the Queen Nine of Spades on the flop. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. And it's I just, just wanted, I wanted to like Socratic method our way yeah. through why that was. That's cool. And I think, that, I think maybe this is just like we're going to have an open therapy session for the poker guys right here. Something that we need to do more on the show is, is like find spots like that where we can really explain mm. our, our logic behind this stuff instead okay. of just stating it without giving good reasons. Fair enough. I, yeah, sometimes we like say one or two words, yeah. like distribution, and then we just move on because we said that before. And yeah. not everyone's listened to every show we've ever done or remembers because they've got lives themselves, and maybe we need to explain things a little yeah. bit more as we go. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I like that. Cool. Okay, anyway, on. Jackie calls. We don't like the call with Hate the queen it. nine off with the nine Hate of diamonds. it. Garrett is in way the lead with the king jack. The pot is $21,600. Okay. The turn is the nine of hearts. Hey, Jackie is often ahead now. Not this time, but often. Yeah, that's true. That's a pretty good card. So that's nice. Yep. All right. What's your plan as Garrett? We should definitely continue. We're beating almost all of Jackie's range. We're trying. We're just hoping that he has a weaker jack that's not jack nine, hopefully. Possibly just pocket pairs that are below the jack that he's going to keep calling with also. Do we expect pocket fives to keep calling? Mm, Probably not pocket fives. Pocket tens, I would expect. Um, maybe even pocket eights and pocket sevens sometimes, depending. Jackie's obviously pretty fucking sticky, right? I mean, there's also still two diamonds on the board, right? Yeah. So we can charge those draws. I don't see why we wouldn't bet top pair again here. Sizing? Um, how much is in the pot? 21.6. Um, typically, you're going to go three quarters of the pot, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. 70 to 90% of the pot. On the so, turn. 
Yeah, in the turn. So here's another spot. Why? Oh, um, one, because now the draws don't have two outs to come. They only have one, and we can now price them out. We can't, yeah. really, we can't reasonably price them out on the flop, right? even if we bet big. In fact, we encourage them to come after us if we bet big, yep. and we can't really stick around. Um, that's why we bet small on the flop. We clean up the equity um, on the turn. Now those draws only have one card to come. They're big dogs instead of oftentimes if they've got a combo draw or overs in their flush draw or something like that. They're like 50-50, and they can really play back at us or stick around easily. And we're putting a lot of money in when they still have reasonable equity. Now we can sort of slam the door on them because they have much less equity. Yeah, I agree. That was well said. Thank you. So I think this is fun. I feel like I'm jobs in your was right now as far as like, <laughs> we're like doing a no limit Hold'em poker course where yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm conducting the orchestra and you're the technical yeah. guy. I'm like, I'm like showing you where to go and you're, you're finding it. It does feel like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, the, I'm the number one violin player. I'm the best one in my row. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love that movie. It's good. Anyway. Yeah. I conducted the orchestra there. That's yep. exciting. So Garrett does go three quarters pot, a little bit less, 15K into 21.6. Yep. Jackie can't fold now. It's Garrett freaking Adel- Adelstein. You have a pair. Now we really can't fold. Yeah. Like we, if we call the flop and we hit a freaking nine, it'd be bizarre to fold now, right? Yeah. Um, we have to call. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do on the river if you know a queen or a nine doesn't come any bombs away. But that's, that's a problem for tomorrow. We got yeah. Right now we're just calling and we'll figure it out. He's going to check a lot on the river. I so. mean, there are players you can fold against if you're in a vacuum in this spot on the turn, but those players you should never be in this spot in with this hand. Of course, you should right. never be in this spot with this hand against anybody, but especially the players that you can fold on the turn right. against. Once you hit the card. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Jackie does call 15K. That seems like that's the first decision that I like by Jackie in the yep. hand, honestly. Yeah. So good. He did it. Cool. Rivers, the king of clubs. Garrett makes top two. The diamonds miss. Nice. Queen 10 gets there. That's a very yes. unlikely holding for either player. Yes. As Garrett, you're just going to hope that Jackie has like a middling jack or even a good jack, right? And go for value. That's the plan. I think we have to do that, right? Like it's hard to come up with. Maybe could Jackie ever have like king, queen, Called on the flop because he calls on the flop anyway, and then turns like overs in the gutter, and then rivers top pair. Yeah, king queen of diamonds. Maybe something like yeah, king queen of diamonds, or maybe king, even just king any, queen off. By the way, or any king x of diamonds. Yeah, but king queen off could could be there. King x of diamonds could be there. Um, okay, so there's some stuff. Maybe king ten in the same way. King ten of diamonds, or just king ten. Yeah. Um, he picks up the gutter and the overcard, and he sticks around because he's Jackie, and clearly he's willing to do that. I think we just have to bet. We usually don't get value, but we just got to try. Because if we check, isn't he just checking back like all day long? All right. So the pot's 51,500. What's the perfect size to get value from the majority of Jackie's range? Okay. Jackie's got some... We assume Jackie's got some jacks. We figure the pocket pairs below jacks. At this they're point just going to fold. Yeah, yeah, no matter what we do. So who cares? Um, Jackie may not call very much with those jacks anyway because the king came and we're betting again. So I think we should target the kings and not worry about the jacks so much. Mm-hmm. Um, if he happens to have a slightly stronger hand, great. Um, 51,000 in the pot. I'm feeling like we also want to make it look a little bluffy because we're trying to get heroed, right? Um, I feel like 35,000, something like that. Okay. What, is, what does Garrett do? 25,000. Oh, goes, he's, trying to, he's really trying to get called by a jack or the weak-ass kings. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yep. So he does. He bets 25K. It's like, you cannot turn down this price, Jackie. All right. As Jackie, what do we do? We got queen nine. The board, again, is deuce of spades, deuce of diamonds, jack of diamonds, nine of hearts, king of clubs. All right. Let's go through all three possibilities. Okay. Okay. First question is, um, do we think we have the best hand? I mean, there's never an ultimate answer in poker with that. There's like a probability. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying like overall, like. Okay, let me, say, let me ask you, do we think calling is ever a good idea? Let me ask it that way. Yes, I think that there could be an argument made for calling against a player like Garrett here. He, he's betting the king. I mean, like, of course Garrett's betting the king. But he also bet the turn, Yeah, which was a nine. A non-diamond. A non-diamond, okay. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he... Do you think he can ever show up with just, like, ace-x? It's got to be of diamonds, right? He's not just going to fire away without that, is he? Where does this fall in our distribution is the way to ask this question. Yeah, that's better. Um, well, we have the queen, which blocks the nuts. That's cool. Nuts straight. Yeah, so you're right. The nuts straight. You're right, not the nuts. We also block king-queen a little bit with it. Sure. I don't know if Garrett's going to go bet, bet, bet with king-queen, but he might. I think he will because he, he bets the flop for sure. Yeah. He picks up equity on the turn. Also, he only bet 25K on the river, which is more of like, I'm trying to get called by a worse king. You, Jackie doesn't rate to have a better hand than king-queen. No. Okay. 
So we block that, and we so this has this this hand from in terms of value doesn't have much going for it, but in terms of the blocker value, the queen is nice. We block a set of nines. That's something too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, it's got some good blocker value. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if we can really call it's profitably here. I, I really wonder if this is if we can possibly do it. I know Gary can show up with some bluffs, but does he have enough bluffs? This is a better hand to call with than Jack Seven suited, though, right? Yep, it is. But we probably shouldn't. I'm thinking we probably shouldn't call with either one. Is really like so we're just gonna call with our kings, basically. I think we have to call with all our kings. Um, and if we have a jack, maybe jack nine. Oh no, jack, no, sorry, not jack nine. Jack queen jack. How about queen jack? That's a perfect hand we could have here. Yeah, that's that makes a lot more sense. I mean, that blocks king queen. That blocks queen ten. We block a jack. We block pocket queens. Not the pocket queens. He's gonna bet. How about jack ten also? Jack-10 plays pretty much the same, right? Yeah. yeah. So we can call with Jack-10, Queen-Jack, and all of our kings? I like that better. Now, what about Ace-Jack? Do we want to call with Ace-Jack? It blocks Ace-King and Aces. It doesn't block the straights. I think I want to call with that, too. Yeah, we're, me too. We're getting this price. Okay. So I think we should do it that way. That feels better to me than, like, well, I'm going to call with my nine with a queen in it. Like, the blocker only has so much value. Okay. I think. So what are we, are we ever raising as a bluff? Uh, not with this hand in general. The answer has to be yes. Okay, so then the question is, what are the best hands to do that with? Exactly, and here we are. Yeah. Well, this hand's kind of an interesting candidate, isn't it? Yeah. I like it way better than calling to yeah. raise with this hand. Um, this hand is pretty weak for a call, but blocks the nuts, blocks king-queen, and blocks a set of nines. Yeah. What can Garrett we comfortably call us with if we raise? His hand. Full houses. Certainly any full house, the straight. If he happens to have top two or, or deuce, those are hands he can call with, right? He could consider at the very yeah, least. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you'd expect... You wouldn't, you wouldn't target those hands to fold, yeah. right? But you could target king-queen to fold. You could target any... Basically, one pair hand yeah. that is paired with a deuce. Aces hates getting raised yeah. here. Hates it. Aces is a worse hand to call with than any king. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, king-queen's a bit, way better call than yeah. aces, right? Because of what you block. Um, this is a very interesting candidate. Also, we block king-queen, which would be a hand that could decide to call us, right, with the queen in our hand. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Um, I like this as a raise because if I'm trying to think of what is, what's a really good candidate, is this the best candidate? Do we have a diamond in our hand? We have a diamond. Yeah, that's bad. But it's a nine of diamonds, and there's a nine on the board, so right. Garrett's less likely to be bluffing with that card yeah. anyway. So maybe that's not so bad. It's again. not, yeah, maybe not relevant. Yeah. I like this as a, as a really good candidate to bluff with. What's better than this? Yeah, obviously, like... No diamond, In, in 2012, better. people were bluffing with their missed diamonds here because that's how they get to the river with a bluff, right? right. And, and people weren't bluffing with pairs. Right. But that was a really bad theoretical decision because then we block Garrett's most likely bluffs, yep. which sucks. Yeah. We don't want to do that. Right. Um, by, ha by having the nine of diamonds, that's like the diamond you want to have in your hand if you're going to have one, right? Yeah. So it's kind of good again. It's not good. It's, it's not just, good, but if you're going to have one, you're like, okay, cool. Queen nine of anything is a pretty good. Yep. With no diamond. You is, prefer no diamond. Yeah. That's even better. Not having the queen of diamonds is much more important than, than not having the nine yep. of diamonds, though. By a mile. So this might be the best bluff candidate. It's got to be in the top group anyway. It's yeah. top tier. Well, cool. Let's pull the trigger, man. I, I don't know if it's going to work against this hand, but we should, we should pull the trigger. Jackie does it. That's so there's, great. there's another decision I like by Jackie right there. That's a really cool thing that he, I think he really figured this out in the moment, at least to a lot. I think having the queen, maybe not the nine, but the queen, like, he could see, like, yeah, I blocked the nuts. That's pretty good. Like, yep. the guys do, right? Yep. So he raises to 110K, really puts the pressure on. I like the sizing, too. It's like, you got to really have it, man. All right. What is the bottom of what Jackie is repping? Um, queen 10. You couldn't have ace deuce suited? No, he could definitely have ace two suited because you wouldn't expect queen 10 is going to bet 25K on the river that often, right? Like often it's going to go for more. More polarizing? Um, yeah. yeah. Not always, but often. I think you're right. No, ace two suited, we can absolutely, we can absolutely raise. I guess it's, it's harder for him to show up with ace two suited, right? Because he's there's only two combos. That. There's, what? There's only two combos. Also, there's opportunities to raise that all along the yeah. way. Um, he should only have two combos of queen 10 also, Jackie, I think. Queen 10 diamonds and queen 10 of spades. Well, if we're Garrett, we may know that that's not true. Yeah. Right, and now we have to give them all the combos again. We've got to yeah. give them all 16. Right. And in fact, we see that all 16 really are in play here. Because yep. if he turns the nine and he turns open and he ain't folding the turn. So is it a good story for Queen 10? I think it's a good story for Queen 10. It's a perfectly fine story it's for It's pretty good. I mean, Queen 10 is not always just going to check call the turn, right? Sometimes it's going to raise. It's or not a, check call, just, just call, call the turn. Um, it's going to raise sometimes, but it's going to call a lot on the turn. Yep. In position for that price, it's 15 into... 
He's it's fifteen to win thirty six six. Like yeah, he can call that. Yeah, uh, uh, Ace Deuce is a little bit worse of a story. That's more likely to raise along the way. Yep. And then full houses are pretty much not a story that you can tell as Jackie. Um, it's hard. I guess you could have nine nine exactly. Exactly nine nine. Sure. That's the only full house that's obvious, right? I guess maybe you can have Jack Jack because you call pre flop and then like you have the board so crushed you don't want to yeah scare Garrett away. Okay. You could have Jack Jack too. But I don't think you maybe maybe Jackie does have Deuce X full houses, but he's not supposed to. Right. Let's not let's not give him that. Okay. Even though I understand, yeah, he shows up with Jack Deuce sometimes. It feels like really stretching to yeah to put that in there. Right. Okay. So as Garrett, what do we think of the situation? <laughs> how how are we feeling right now? Well, we can't beat any value, right? Yep. Even with this hand. No, no chance we can beat value. So that's not good. Um do we block anything we want to block here? Jack Jack specifically. Barely. Yeah. But Jack Jack. Okay. Yeah, but like sometimes we're gonna hear from that pre-flop. Sometimes yep. we're gonna hear from them the turn. Or even the flop. Or sometimes. even the flop. If he thinks we're having an overpair, which he may not. Kings but. were much more likely to hear from pre-flop than Jacks. Yes. I, I don't think blocking the king is that valuable. I don't think so either. Um so for Garrett, it feels like we're up against Ace Deuce, nine nine, queen ten, right? Those are the most likely value hands, yeah. yeah. Um, we don't block any of those things. No. That's not great. It's not great, no. Um, so that part's really bad and makes you want to lean towards folding. We would rather have king nine suited, huh? Yes, we absolutely would. Yeah. Although then we can't beat king jack. Like, jack, you could actually have the same hand and maybe make this play. You've had that happen to you. Garrett could have aces. Oh, that's true. The board's paired. Yeah. The board's paired. I don't think Jackie raises king jack. No, you're right. When, not when the board's paired. Yeah. I forgot about that. Um, then, then king nine for sure is a better hand to have, yeah. right? Because Jackie's going to have more pocket nines than he has pocket jacks based on the pre-flop mm-hmm. uh, action, and even flop in turn. Right. Yeah. Um, so where do we land in our distribution? Right. I mean, okay, we definitely have jack-jack. We definitely have king-king. We have ace-ace. Those are all better. Yep. Um, and ace-ace is just better. Because Jack Jack and King King are better because you know they're monsters. They auto win. Yeah. Ace Ace is better because of blocking and because it's a better hand. Yeah. We can have nine nine also. Yep. We have all those. Um, is this the worst hand we bet for value? No. We bet King Queen for value. We already but decided that. Queen Queen is a much better call than this hand. Right. Because we block Queen Ten. Um, is there a hand worse than King Queen we bet for value? I don't think so. Maybe King Ten, but it's the same as King Queen. It's the same as all. It's the same as all kings. It's not the same as king queen. The, the 10 doesn't play. No, but the, the 10 blocks queen 10. Oh, it blocks. That's yeah, right. okay. As far as, right. as far as quality of call. Right. We're talking about different things. I yeah. was talking about value of like rank of hand. You're ta- we're talking about different. You're talking about it. You're adding in the blocker. Yeah, piece. I am. I'm, I was keeping it out right now because I was just asking about like what's the lowest value we're I, going for as Garrett. We'll I see. That. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably any king. Just to try and squeeze some value out of those jacks and figure we're yeah. chopping against the other kings anyway, but... We're yeah. almost we're sort of free rolling the spot. Right. Okay. So the, but clearly the best king is to call with our king ten and king queen. Yes. And ace king is pretty good too because we block ace deuce. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. That's that is pretty good. But we'd rather have king queen and king ten if we think that Jackie has sixteen combos of queen ten. Yep. Uh we would. We absolutely would. There's much less ace deuce out there. That's right. So this is not a great hand to call with. Nope. King Jack is a, is we don't block anything that we need to block. Okay, so that's that part of it. So, yeah. so okay, so we're just using this. We have to fold. Yeah. That seems clear. Um, so the only other thing we have to ask ourselves is, how bluffy is Jack in these spots? Well, yeah, and as the poker guys, we're not going to be able to right. know that. But I'm saying that's the other major consideration, right, yeah. as in, in this spot, because there are times when distribution doesn't matter at all. Right. Really. You're just like, oh, I'm calling that guy. Like, or I'm definitely folding to that guy unless I have a, unless I'm at the very top of what I, my range here, you know? From the little limited information that you and I have, I'm very torn on that because Jackie's actions early in the hand lead me to believe that he's the type of guy you can call a lot. But the fact that he actually has the perfect bluff candidate means, I don't know, maybe he is not the right guy to call because he has the right amount of bluffs. Right. You know, maybe. it's possible. Or maybe he lucked out. Yeah. For all we know too. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little unclear. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, maybe he's doing this with any queen in his hand only. Maybe and he happens to have a nine two, and it just makes it a lot better. Right. You know? I mean, all he's doing really is cutting down on what two combos, but yeah. still, that's a big two combos. It's an important two combos yeah. to cut down on. Um, hmm. Well, Garrett finds a fold. He does. So Garrett thinks Jackie is not just bluffing willy nilly enough of the time. And Garrett anyway. probably knows. I would assume he does. Yeah. 
I assume Garrett is not only like plays with these guys all the time, but watches these streams and fucking gets all the data on what everyone's doing with their with their hands. I'm yeah. sure he's re- keeping track of all because he takes this is his job for real. And know? he makes a lot of money doing it. Yeah. So yeah. So this that seems what like what's up? So yeah. he folds, and I guess th- that must mean it's right too. Yeah. Right. That means Jackie's probably is, doesn't have enough bluffs here. Right. Even though he does this time. Right. He happens to have the perfect bluff hand. Yeah. How crazy is it to river freaking King Jack top two and uh, get check raised and, and fold incorrectly, Grant? It's uh, it's Garrett level. I don't know. <laughs> it's... Well, I mean, you would know how crazy it is. Oh. That exact thing happened to you in the World Series of Poker. Oh, yeah. I've, I'm sure we've told this story. The board told was, it many times. Yeah. Do we want to go through it again? If you can tell it in less than 30 seconds. I can tell it in less than a minute. Okay. I opened King Jack... Uh, under the under the gun. What are we like day two or something? It's day two of the marathon. Okay, uh, which is a great tournament. I I opened it under the gun, uh, suited diamonds, I believe, and the flop was deuce three four. The big blind was the only caller. I was a good player. Uh, I c bet this flop, even though I shouldn't have. It was two thousand seventeen, and I was c betting too much. Anyway, I did. He called uh, deuce three four two spades. The turn was a jack. I was like, oh, cool. I can bet for value now. He checked again, so I felt like I can bet for value on this card. So I did. I bet again, and he called. And the river was a king, non-spade. And uh, they're both non-spades. So he checked. I bet again. I bet, like, pot. And he tanked for a really long time. And you know that feeling in poker where you're, like, hoping that your opponent calls, and then you start thinking, wait, what if they're thinking about raising? I hate that feeling. I really don't want them to raise. (laughs) I really hate that feeling. And he ended up going all in. Yeah. Uh, for my remaining 30 blinds, which would have been like, it's a pretty short stack in the marathon at that point, but still 30 blinds. How big was your pot bet? Do you remember? It was probably 13 or 14 blinds. Okay. Got it. Maybe a bit more. Probably more based on the previous action. Oh, okay. Yeah. 20 blinds, maybe. Um, Jeez. Yeah. So he goes all in, and I tanked forever. And I was like, he just has a, a slow played straight or a set, right? Like, or out of the big blind, right? He just has, he's not going to do it with a weaker two pair than King Jack. He's just not. Hmm. Um, so, so I ended up folding. Yep. And he told me he had King Jack of Spades, which makes perfect sense all the way through. Yep. But I didn't really think about that combo. <laughs> but still, like, I, I still think it's a good fold. I'm okay with the fold. Yeah. Do you think it's a bad fold at this point? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. Um, it sucks to put in that much and fold with a hand that strong. Yes, it does. I, mean? I did not enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Matt Vaughn was at the table actually. That's oh, yeah. that was the first time I ever met Matt Vaughn. Oh, he was he was on my right at the table, and I you know I was like talking with him before, and so I was just talking with him about that hand. I was like, oh god, I think he's probably telling the truth. That sucks. And Matt was very nice. He's like, it's one combo, man. It's one combo yeah. that's that's a problem for you. Yeah. And you know, I took that to heart. It felt good. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And then I, I lost. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't win any. <laughs> oh, you didn't win any money. No, no, I lost. Uh, maybe if you made that call. Uh, yeah, if I made that call, it would have been a different story. Perhaps <laughs> might have made a lot of money. I mean, it was a big pot. Yeah. Really big pot. There's a lot of your stack in there. So I, I went back to this hand that we just yeah. did the analysis on. I just have an interesting thought about Jackie. You know, oh, sure. It's hard for me to, to believe that there's a player, like, I think there's a reasonable chance that he got lucky in this, in, in this spot. Um, just because, like, what he did pre-flop on, on the flop was so bad. Yeah. Is that really the also the guy who can figure out the perfect bluff combo on the river? I would guess it's what I said before, that he knows the queen blocks the nuts. That's pretty good. The other stuff is just his normal play, but he knows that's a thing you're supposed to do in those spots sometimes. Yeah. And so he pulled the trigger, and he also, having the nine, maybe didn't play into it. That's my guess. Okay. Because it's giving him too much credit otherwise, based on the other play, it doesn't make sense. But I could see him knowing that piece anyway. Oh, I blocked the nuts. That's really good. You're supposed to bluff sometimes when you block the nuts. These guys do it all the time, you know? The nuts straight. They're not straight. Yeah, not, not the nuts. Yeah. Actually, that's true. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's what happened. Let's see what the solver had to say. Okay. All right. Danny Sprung solved this one up for us. Let's head back to the flop. Uh, unsurprisingly, Garrett can bet his entire range, and what a joy to actually have something on this board. What a joy. Yeah. Uh, we really didn't like Jackie's call. The solver is more okay with it. Uh, huh. Queen X, nine of diamonds can float here, and as Danny said, but it is a mix, so it's a low-value float. So it's, like, not great, but it's okay. It's, like, part of MDF, I guess. Like, you're just, you're just folding too much, so you got to find stuff to call with, and so, like, here's one of them. I guess. We have two backdoors and an over... Or not two backdoors. We've got, like, the backdoor straight draw and an overcard. Yeah. I guess. I guess. If we have to. <laughs> All right. We did it. Um, on the turn... 
King Jack can continue betting the turn for value, uh, but Pio mixes checking and betting. It prefers not having the King of Diamonds, which Garrett does not have, so I guess that makes this a bet. Good for, good for Garrett. Uh, unsurprisingly, Jackie has, as the solver kids say, a, a pure, pure call. call on the turn with the Queen-9 now that he's hit the 9. On the river, uh, this is where things get interesting, obviously. Uh, Pio likes Garrett's bet size with his range, but wants him to go bigger with King Jack. and wants him to go pot size with King Jack instead of mm. half pot. Um, apparently, Jackie can raise a lot on the river. 15% of his total combos raise the river as played. That's, that's pretty intense. Um, and Pio takes more bluffs from the Jack X that got here than the 9X, according to Danny, which is kind of the opposite of what we were saying. Huh. But, oh, well, that's what yeah. Pio said. Okay. Uh, but, you know, we got something right. This, is, this exact <laughs> combo is the best of the queen nine offs to bluff with. Yeah. Because Pio likes having the nine of diamonds. Of course it does. Hell yeah. We understand this solver We thing. nailed it. We get it. All right. Garrett had a tough spot, and he folded, and Pio hates it. <laughs> it does, huh? Yeah. It yeah. likes calling or raising. Ooh. It's saying, like, Bro, guess who has King King? Guess who has Jack Jack? This guy gets so who blocks to, it also. You're trying to bluff Jackie off the same hand, I guess. The same hand? No. Oh. Um. Oh, right. Well, no. Maybe you're trying to when you three bet the river, like you're trying to get Jackie off a straight, aren't you? I guess. Yeah. Like same hand. That's yeah. like. Yeah. I guess, but I think it's more about the straight. Anyway, Pio thinks Garrett's fold is a fifteen thousand dollar error. Wow! 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 Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Damn. It's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. I so feel I guess, intense. I guess Garrett didn't do so well on the river, according to Pio. You know, Garrett screwed up. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't really blame him. No. Yeah. But, I don't know. No, I, I think he was making what he thought was an, explo- what was an exploitative fold and uh, was wrong that time. That's all. He's wrong theoretically and wrong in practice. It's too bad. But it, it actually might be right theoretically against that player. Right, if you're doing an exploitative well, fold. Well, none of the evidence says that. <laughs> Just because we have one hand, that doesn't... That's the entire evidence. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break. But I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.